possibly episode 56. I love that number. That's the year my father was liberated from a communist political prison and escaped with his future wife, my mother, in the glorious days of the Hungarian Revolution. I love that number for some reason. We are back, episode 56 of the Battle for 1600, with my co-host, former special assistant to the President of the United States, strategic advisor to Trump 2020 campaign, Baron Boris. How goes it? It goes great. I got a haircut just for this. Oh my gosh, you look like high speed. High speed. You know, high speed Low to, drag. Speed, not for comfort. Well, you know, when, when you've got, uh, you know, when you've got the hair I have, the flowing mane that I have, right? The golden you're going, locks. You're going high and tight. We're going high and tight, baby. So the question I, is, did uh, did your mother and father approve? Yes, yes, yes. I showed them. Okay. I got full approval. I actually got it. I even got it. it was, the, the haircut was uh, two days ago. I even got a shave in. So they, and, they, and they, the barbers. I did. I love that. I love a prop. Was it a cutthroat? It was a cutthroat. Oh, it was a cutthroat. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Proper nice. shape, clean, two days to grow back out. So good. It There's was good. nothing so quite like a barber shop with the hot towels, a cutthroat razor. I, I don't think I've had one since, since I left the UK. That's a long, long time ago. How is it uh, in, in, what is it, sunny Florida? Undisclosed location. Undisclosed location. It is hot yeah. here in the swamp. It's like eighty degrees today. It's not uh, where I am. Where I am, you may not, you may or may not see the palm trees. It is also pretty warm. <laughs> uh, I've got, I've got absolutely no complaints. And you know what? Because we're on the fifty-sixth episode, the episode, let's say, that's commemorating the fight for liberty in the glorious, as you said, days of the Hungarian Revolution. I will tell you that I am in the free state of Florida where you are free to walk around, you're free to live your life under the Republican leadership of Ron DeSantis, and it is great to be breathing this free air. I was listening to something today. What was it? I can't remember. I you know, I'm always always have something on. And a caller to a show said, I can't remember whose call it was, who, whose show it was, um, a bad life can hagger you physically. And I know they're different ages, but the caller said, look at the difference between a fighter for freedom like DeSantis and look at Randy Andy Cuomo. And you'll just see, you know, one who's vibrant, one who's positive, one who's a happy warrior and looks it. And the other one who just, ooh, yeah, I don't want to be that man. Do you think there's something to that? You You think your values can affect how you look and age? Look at President Trump versus Joe Biden. Yes. Biden is only, what is it, four years older? Barely, yeah, two, three, 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 four years older. Something in there. President Trump looks not a day over 50. Joe Biden looks like Leonid Brezhnev. And the other thing is, the president, I think, looked exactly the same, if not a little younger, at the end of his four years. I mean, at CPAC, CPAC, it was like Benjamin Button going backwards in time. Totally, totally. Who did... You never that never happens to anybody. No, not to Obama, never- not to the Bushes. They come out gray and haggard. Okay, we've raised the issue. Let's look at how um how well or not he performed. Uh, was it yes was it just yesterday the 115 Eastern presser after 65 days in office, the longest hiatus for any president in more than a century. Uh, we just have two little audio clips. Let's play the first one. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is the press conference that the mainstream media 
is calling incredible, positive, and polished. Play cut. Uh, okay. Uh, how about Yamish? Okay. Um, hang on. Uh, sorry. Oh, Sing Ming. That is totally unacceptable. Um, Ken, I, I can't picture that being the case. Okay, uh, Kristen. Okay, hang on a second here. Kristen, uh, Nancy, CBS. I, I don't know how much detail you want about immigration. Uh, maybe I'll stop there and finish what I did. Uh, Okay, um, where am I here? Let me see. Caitlin, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. <laughs> um, this is a, uh, um, but folks, I'm going. We didn't put the pauses in there. That, that was just clip after clip after clip of the polished, high-energy speech of Joe Biden yesterday. You are a communications professional. Have you ever seen anything that bad, Boris? Disaster. Absolute, unmitigated, decrepit disaster. Decrepit is the word. It was, it, it was shocking. But it, it was expected in some ways because... We know there's a reason they've been hiding Joe Biden, and this is the reason. They're hiding Biden because when he comes out, this is what you see, a 115 presser, not prime time. We now have seen the pictures. He had a cheat sheet with all the pre-selected reporters and pre-selected questions. Can, can, can I, let, let's give them a little bit of inside baseball, okay? I was always impressed because uh, once I looked behind the desk of the, the – um, what do they call it? It's the post. It's the, the, the chief post for the uniformed secret service. You know the entrance way. It's when you come in from the West Wing in the underground entrance. There's that big desk and there's a computer. And they, yes. they, they, they recognize everybody and everybody by, by, you know, their names. Boom, boom, boom. Week one, day one. They re- then I worked it out. They had a big folder with all of the political appointees, all the cabinet members with a color photograph and their name and their position. It, it was, and I think they have the same at Trump Hotel because I've never gone in there without somebody saying, hey, Dr. Gorka, greetings. How, what can I, I get you? So you are. I, I, think, I think they've stolen I think they've stolen the tradecraft of the Secret Service at, at Trump Hotel. But, but that's for agents. That's for uniformed officers. Donald Trump didn't have a cheat sheet of the names and photographs of journalists. That's what Biden had. Are you kidding me? Listen, it, it, people, we were lucky in preparing for these things. If the president looked at the prep, all right, I got it. I know what I'm going to say. I'm moving on now. Okay, I got it. Thanks. All right, right, thanks. I got it. This guy goes out there totally stilted, and he still messed it up. You want to do this whole thing? Well, if it's important to you, and then just let that thought, let that thought train go and get away. This was one of the most dispiriting morale sapping performances by a leader of america i think in, in recent history if, if ever and if think about the leaders of iran that the, the ayatollahs think about putin xi, xi jinping kim jong-un they, they're looking at this and they're pumping their fists 
because America has weakened itself by electing this non-entity. And with res- this is with respect to Joe Biden. I mean, the, the, no, no sane person could look at that and say, you know what? That's a capable leader. That's someone who knows what, what he's talking about. Let's even bring it down. Yesterday, I was almost Steve Bannon on his war room. And I said, if you needed directions to go to the store in Wilmington, Delaware, and Joe Biden was there. Would you ask Joe Biden for directions? Well, it's, it's what you did last summer. It's the no. little game we played last summer when we had the I, podcast. Would I, you let this man walk your dog? Hell no. <laughs> it's not, not my dogs. Not happening. And when somebody asked him a question on North Korea, and he had, he had to open this, this, this little notebook, this little ring-binded notebook, to look up. What, I mean, what was he looking up? Because his answer said, uh, uh, we will, we will, we will deal with North Korea. What, what did he look at? What was in the book? Say something. Did it say say something, Joe? Well, you know what I think, and, and I'm not a doctor, and I'm not making you know any <laughs> identification here, and, and I'm, I'm not um, you know diagnosing him. I think it's one thing when you when, when it's tough to get words out, but also when you read something, that's got to transfer also, right? So. I, there must have been a disconnect there. He read it. Maybe he didn't process it. Well, he definitely couldn't say it. This is such a disaster. I actually, I had an op-ed up this week on Newsweek. I did. Um, and it, was, it talked about how Biden's fragi- fragility is hurting America's standing around the country, but also domestically. And I talked about an experience that's, that's mine. You know, I was born before Brezhnev died, right? And But I, I don't remember that. But then I was a little kid during Andropov and Chernenko. And let me tell you, the Soviet Union went in 40 years from winning World War II on the Eastern Front yeah. and taking Berlin to becoming a hollow, dispirited, sad, non-functioning country by 85 and not existing by 91. Right. And it's pathetic leadership in the early 80s, its lack of leadership in the early 80s, absolutely played a role. Because the younger political class, the working class, and vitally the military, they were no longer motivated. Like, well, this is our leaders. The country ceased to function. It ceased to have its its back straight. It used to be the evil empire. Now it became nothing. Right. You know? And America, the greatest, strongest country on earth, the reason for its greatness is a strut, is a confidence, is a belief in itself. And I do not know how anybody who's looking at that leader is reinforced in their confidence about our country today. And I think it's very dangerous for our morale and our continuation of being a world hegemon Biden, as long as Biden continues to be president, I I do in all seriousness think, listen, I wouldn't want Kamala Harris as president any more than the Democrat primary voters who don't didn't want her. Okay, (laughs) but for the good of our country, they really have got to consider using the twenty fifth amendment or just going to Joe and say, Joe, this is all you wanted your whole life. You've been president for whatever you know sixty days. (laughs) 
Good night. Good luck, buddy. It's well, he time. did say, we have that cut where he said, you know, as I agreed with Obama, if we had a difference of opinion, I'd just uh, say I've come down with something and I'd step down. That very, very peculiar uh, little interview he gave recently. Let's listen to his interaction with the press. You're listening to The Battle for 1600 with Boris Epstein following Boris EP, Boris underscore Epstein on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Sebastian Gorka, host of America First on the Salem Radio Network. Another clip with the President of the United States and the White House press corps. Uh, illegal immigrants are down. There is not violence on the border. And that there's most no violence on the there's border? There's not as much violence oh, really? as... Let me, wait, 26 wait, people let me finish the killed. question, please. Let me finish the question, Two weeks please. ago, 26 people were killed I in a gunfight on the border. I understand what you're A saying. mile away from where I went. I, under, I was there. I understand. That's not the question. Would you accept that that was a good example of... The smooth running of government. Yeah, I do. I do. Let me tell you about the Trump. Were there any mistakes in that? Wait, wait. It seems that there's a disconnect there. If the information coming from those leaks is real, then how can the stories be fake? No, the reporting is fake. Look, look. I just want to ask. I do that. Call it fake news. You're undermining confidence in our news media. Here's the thing. Okay. I understand what you. And you're right about that. Except this. Are you going to include the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional Well, Hispanic I would. Caucus, I tell you what. Do you want to well set up the, the meeting? Do you want to set up the meeting? No, no, no. I'm, Are they I'm, friends I'm, of I'm yours? No, get a, set up the I meeting. Know. outside in the heat, considering that so many people are dying in Florida, considering that this virus has had an outbreak in Singapore, places that are yeah, hot here, and here are we good. Go. Here we go. The new, the new headline is Trump asks people to go outside. That's dangerous. Here we go said many times that the U.S. is doing far better than any other country when it comes to testing. Yes. Why does that matter? Why is this a global competition to you if everyday Americans are still losing their lives and we're still seeing more cases every day? Well, they're losing their lives everywhere in the world. And maybe that's a question you should ask China. I'm just curious, Boris, did they swap out the whole White House press corps? Because Biden didn't get any aggressive questions like you heard in that little montage that Mr. G collected of White House press association members challenging President Trump, arguing with President Trump. What happened to the press corps, Boris? No questions about COVID-19. Literally. No questions about COVID-19. It's like we said, oh, Biden's president, now COVID's going to go away. <laughs> no no real questions about the migrant crisis. No, th- There was all this talk about gun control. They kind of asked Biden about gun control, but he a- answered about infrastructure. Infrastructure. Incredible. We played that clip. Asked about Shock- gun control, answers about infrastructure. Shocking moment. So, here's what happened. They did get They did get switched out. You know why? Because these are libs. <laughs> and, and Peter Ducey, who's the only person in that White House press room who's worth his weight and who's actually asking real questions, he didn't ask, get to ask a question. This was an, a corrupt press conference. It was a stilted press conference. It was a completely pre-drawn press conference. There was nothing real and authentic about it, not even close. It was an embarrassment. And frankly, I think if I'm Kate Bedingfield and I'm Jen Psaki, I, there's no way I'm feeling good about the way that went. And But despite, it, despite the fact that today the legacy media is gushing, gushing over the Biden performance, Boris. Well, he didn't go full weekend at Bernie's on him, so I guess that's... <laughs> yeah. 
So maybe that, that that's that's one positive for them. But but it was so scripted, and you do have members of the media who are looking at it and saying, "Come on, this is just a joke. It's it's bizarre." And here's the other thing: let's not let the fact that there's been no address to the joint session of Congress go down a memory hole. Right. The fact that Biden is refusing to do that, which is one of the most long-standing traditions in American history, this is effectively the State of the Union. He's refusing to give, and we all know why, because he can't make it through that time in standing up there in Congress. He just can't do it for long enough. He's refusing to do it. Remember, when President Trump didn't go to the White House correspondence dinner to, you know, hobnob with the fancy media celebrities, the press corps were up in arms. How dare he? He's disrespecting us. Biden's not giving one of the most sacred speeches in this country, that initial address to the joint session, he's refusing to give it, and nobody's talking about it. There's uh, the- no pushback. There's, there's, there's no indignation. The difference in treatment is so stark, but part of the reason it's being ignored is because it's stark. They're fooling the American people right in front of their face, and it's sad. But I think Americans are going to see through this, and I think the Biden-Harris administration, Harris-Biden administration, Harris-whoever administration are going to have a big problem on their hands come 2024. Yeah, and as uh, Mr. G said yesterday, he thinks it's going to be a little bit more than 65 days until the next press conference with uh, Joe Biden. Last question I got to ask you because everybody asks me, Uh, Who do you think is really calling the shots? Is it Susan Rice? Is it Ron Klain, the chief of staff? Is the the seasoned uh, political uh, insider that you are? Who do you think has has the most decision power inside the White House? Feels like it's Barack Obama. It feels like Barack Obama's calling the shots. They've already put out that they're talking all the time. And all these people, you know, Ron Klain worked for Joe Biden, but in the Barack in the Obama White House, Susan Rice was in the Obama White House. I think this is the Jen Psaki was communications director. I think this is the uh, this is the third term of Barack Obama. That's what we're dealing with, and you, you see it in the policies: the disaster at the border, the overspending, the ramp, rampant inflation we're going to have in this country. This is all remnants of what we saw in the worst the worst rebound after recession in American history under Barack Obama. So that's what it feels like to me. Maybe there's, you know, Klain is sort of pushing the papers around and Rice is pushing the ideas. But in terms of who's driving this administration, whose ideas and whose thoughts these are, I think it's Barack Obama. And is that why they gave Kamala the disastrous portfolio of the border this week to kind of shut her down and make sure that Barack can keep uh, his line straight to Joe so she doesn't replace him? I think part of the reason they gave it to us because she needed something to do because so far she hasn't really had a ton going on. So she needed a portfolio. But this is a, you know, they call this an, a, a something kind of sandwich. Let's put it that it's way. It's a We're poison chalice. Let's say it's a poison it's, chalice. Oh, a poison chalice. Thank you, sir. Oh, the Baron likes that straight from the Middle Ages. Yes, it's a poison chalice. That's that, that's a good way to put it. it, it it's a rotten cigar. Because she doesn't let's come go. out of this smelling like roses. No way, Bob. And listen, she, she doesn't have any ability. Right. We all know that Kamala Harris isn't somebody who's able to pr- provide solutions, right? So she's going to be on this thing. She's for open borders. That's literally like putting somebody who's pro-cancer as a head oncologist. 
Okay, who believes that cancer? Yeah, is a good no, thing. absolutely, a great analogy. You've been listening so, to the battle for six. Big problem. You've been listening to the battle for sixteen hundred. We're off to do our radio show. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it. Hit the notifications bell. Spread the news. Write us a review and download us every single week. I'm Sebastian Gorka, and we've been talking to the Baron, my co-host Boris Epstein. Be safe, my friends. God bless.